A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. Hi, hi, everybody. So as part of my um, Youth Month celebrations, we are back today with Unosipo Ngube. Nosipo is my biggest daughter, and Unosipo runs her own business. Um, she will share with us um, the story of how she ended up doing what she's doing. Um, but yeah, she's the owner of one or two businesses. Um, so Nosipo, please introduce yourself and um, we can start. Okay, hi. Um, so my name is Nosipo Mube. Um, like she said, I'm her daughter, her oldest daughter. Um, I ran soul designs and accessories, um, which does handmade fashion accessories. So anything from bags to ponchos to earrings to a little bit of everything, basically. Um, it's not something I plan to do. Uh, I didn't plan this. I went to varsity. Um, I did investment management. And then I did honors in financial management. And now I sew. So <laughs> that's just like... <laughs> That was my total accident, considering I grew up with my grandmother who used to sew, uh, and I had zero interest whatsoever. But now I sew on a daily basis, almost on a daily basis. And yeah, something I stumbled upon, and it's been great, because um, I feel like I do love learning, and this is just um, one of those things that you... You're always learning, so you you always have to be willing to learn, have like a teachable spirit. Um, yeah, so I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. No, that's that's good <laughs> enough. But I think I think take us back, take take people back because I think what we want to get out of this is that some people do go to university, right, and they study, and after they've studied, they either maybe battle to get employment and they get frustrated and 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 sometimes there's an element of them saying what is the other thing that i can do or sometimes they do try to get employed and they do get employed and then they hate um corporate and then decide this is not what i want to do for the rest of my life and then they find mm -hmm. other journeys so maybe share share a bit whatever you're comfortable sharing on how you actually ended up stumbling on what you say you stumbled on. Uh, okay, so after varsity, um, well, while I was in honors, I worked for the university um, at the asset management department. So I did that, I think, until 2015, 2016, maybe. And then I got an internship at one of the what people would call the chocolate company, but it's not really a chocolate company. It does a lot of other things. Um, for a year, I did the internship. And I don't know 
that I don't know the person that was supposed to lead me or like a combination of things, but we just weren't gelling. And after that internship, when the contract was almost up and they weren't saying anything, I was like, actually, that's fine because I don't think I need you to say anything about me staying because I don't see myself here like on a daily. And also, I think while I was sitting at my desk at Nestle, I'd be worried about ponchos and like, I literally could be sewing all my orders right now while I'm sitting here for like eight hours, not sure what I'm doing. So there was like an element of that. I think I, I just didn't have direction in the job. So every day just felt like a waste for me. I was just like, I, I literally could be sewing. So when that ended, I had to look at my life and be like, what is working in my life at the moment? And soul design seemed to be working then because I had a lot of orders for ponchos. And so I didn't have stress. I was like, okay, I'll just go and sew ponchos for the rest of the year and then see. And then when I wasn't getting like uh, any interviews for employment, then I was just like, I'm so done. Like I'm so tired of being depressed. Um, Like those rejection emails, you know, I don't know what the line is anymore because I haven't gotten those in a very long time. But yeah, the rejection emails got a lot. It it just got it got depressing. And I think I'm grateful for having discovered the things my hands can do, because I think that probably saved me from like maybe falling into depression or like a larger depression state than maybe I went through. Um, so yeah, so then I stumbled upon this and now I do this and now I've learned how to make bags and now I'm like a bag maker um also bags wasn't part of the plan but we just stumble across things and then we just like oh now we are here then I move I go with the flow so I'm very like oh you want me to make you a cushion okay let's try make cushions now then who knows maybe I'll become like a home decor maker of things I don't know yeah but I think if you if you look back, um, you you are self-taught, right? And um, and how do you even how do you decide that you because you've literally done this through YouTube? So maybe tell tell a bit of that story because you stayed with Gogo. Gogo was sewing, but you you never you actually thought like why should I learn? But now you've taught yourself and you're doing these amazing things. Uh, Yeah, so the journey started with like handmade shoes, uh, which uh, my mom got from a guy that she worked with. And then we started with selling those. And then the idea was, okay, um, let's make handbags to go with the shoes to kind of match. And then we found people who did that for us. But then I realized that I'm very uh, finicky and I'm a perfectionist and the quality wasn't great. So then there was that where it was like, okay, uh, I think we need to do this ourselves so that we can actually control the quality. Um, Then I started, I think I started, my first thing that I learned how to make was a poncho, actually. So there were ponchos that she also got from this other lady. And then the lady was weird. I don't know what happened, but there was just she was acting weird when we when we were asking if we could resell them. Um, she never said no, but she never said yes. But anyway, um, so we so I learned how to make the ponchos first, 
I went to a class with some lady in Randburg um, just to learn just, you know, the basics of how like a sewing machine works. So she taught us how to make a pencil skirt. I think that's the first thing I learned how to make pencil skirt. And then um, then I made my I had a teddy bear at the time. I made it a poncho. This is after sitting for hours and hours on YouTube and Pinterest trying to find the patterns and actually understand how this whole thing works. Then I realized, oh, okay, it's pretty simple. Ponchos are basic. Most of them are basically just like a rectangle. You put a hole in it and you can wear it. So that's the first item um, I actually learned how to make. And then the along the line, then I was just teaching myself a lot of things like the bags, I think the first bag I made was a yoga mat bag because someone had asked if I could make them a yoga mat bag. So I sat on YouTube and found someone who was teaching, followed the steps, and voila, I had a yoga mat bag. And then the one person, um, my mom's friend, Malusi, he would like pester me for like a laptop bag. And I kept trying to run away from making it because I was like, I don't know how to make bags. I don't make bags. But he was like, I need a laptop bag. And I was like, okay, I'll make you a laptop bag. Um, so that was, I think, the first big bag that I made that had like a serious zip installation and handles and all these wonderful things. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I just encourage people, YouTube, Pinterest, Google is your best friend. There's literally very little that you're not going to be able to learn on those two platforms. So that's where I learned how to sew. Um, yeah, and now I make ser- a little more serious looking bags than the first laptop bag that I made. Yeah. So when did you start your business? Was it when you were in varsity or working? Uh, I think it was, I think in my honors, yeah. So it was, no, after honors, I was working for the university. That's when we started selling the shoes. So I was still, it was after I was done with varsity and now I was working. That's when it started. So uh, this year I've learned uh, how to make wallets. Never knew how to make a wallet. Then learned how to make a pouch. As a beginner, this is probably something that you would want to try because it's just rectangles. Um, so we learned how to make that at some point this year. Uh, learned how to make a clutch bag with the wristlets. So pockets, then has a handle, and then you can hold it like this. So like, like fancy and stuff. So we learned how to make a crossbody. Has a zip, some pockets also. And then recently I learned how to make a card holder so this was pretty cool it's small but it's something that needs you to really have a lot of attention to um detail so this is like one of my latest um projects that i did wow i think it's 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 really i don't know i get fascinated by the stuff that you that you make um knowing that you're self-taught So what materials do you use for for people that are are listening to us? Uh, So a lot of the materials I use is cotton. I'll use some upholstery fabric um, in some of my bags. 
um, use bonded leather for the exterior of the bags. Um, then I use uh, waterproof canvas for a lot of the um, lining of the bags. Uh, I, I like waterproof canvas. I like because it gives the bag stability and it adds a little more weight to it. So, yeah, those are primarily the four sort of materials that I use. Yeah. So, so running your own business, what has been what has been the exciting part of it and what has been the challenging part of it? Uh, oh, okay, so the exciting part, I think, is uh, seeing something go from like a paper pattern to like reality when you've put it together. I think that's always just exciting. Um, and just the learning process of either watching a video or following instructions and seeing the thing become the thing that you are making. Um, the least exciting part uh, is the admin side of running the business, having to keep track of your finances, uh, cash flow, uh, making content for social media. For me, it's like, oh, my gosh. Um, so... Yeah, I think that, and I think for me, the biggest challenge has just been the financial part of things, just like managing your cash flow, you know, like trying to understand that as much as I am an investment grad and fashion grad, I kind of threw out all that knowledge out the window. Like now I'm just like a creative and I just want to like create. So I think for me, those are the biggest challenges. Um, the times when sales are low can also be challenging because if you don't have orders you're not getting money in um so yeah but i think this year has been a good year so far so yeah i think we're, we're on the we're on a decent track just uh yeah we're on a decent track this year <laughs> yeah so so what is the vision nosipa where do you see yourself going with with your business and what is the vision? What is the end goal as far as your as far as your you look? Uh, well, short term vision is to outsource manufacturing, and this is uh, something I've been chatting to Sam about, who's on the live. So that's like in the next kind of like two to three months. I don't want to be doing a lot of the work that I'm doing. Uh, bigger vision. I, in my head, I see it becoming like a, at home for like handmade products where it's like a shop that just sells products that are handmade. That's kind of like, in my head, that's where I would like to see salt designs going. And then I'd like to see it have a academy school portion where I teach other people what I've learned. Um, I've learned a lot of other things that I don't do on a daily, like resin, um, making resin accessories, for example, using uh, epoxy resin. I learned how to make a mat. I never used it. I never made another mat after the one I made in class, but I know how to do that. So there's a lot of other things that I would like to learn and to get other people that I've now connected with to teach others what we know 
in like a almost like a school setup. Oh, okay. I think I think that's that's such an amazing vision um, in terms of the teaching part. But you also what is there any thoughts of going global with your brand with the soul brand? Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, of course. I would love to see Seoul uh, International having like headquarters. I don't know where, but um, I think right now I'm just about penetrating the South African market and really trying to get people to appreciate the work that goes into like a handmade product. We really do a lot. Like we do a lot. Um in a bag, there's a lot of steps that you won't see on the outside that are inside the bag. Um, so you, when people think handmade is meant to be cheap, it's like the time we take to make some of our products, it, it just doesn't add up. And some of the money that we do charge people is because we thumbsack or we're not sure of our target market or we are. Um, you know, oh, I can't charge that much. People don't know my brand. Um, but at the end of the day, you're underpricing yourself. You're not sleeping. You are like working, but the money's coming in and out because you've underpriced the product. You didn't add profit to the product. You're literally like selling at cost or even less than cost what the bag may, um, cost to make. So, yeah, I think for now, I think I will, I'd like to stick around South Africa and really just try get people to understand that just because it's handmade, it, it's not necessarily going to be like cheap. It's going to be reasonable, we're going to charge like a reasonable price, but like, yeah, it's not going to be what you would call cheap. Yeah. Um, can you do leather jackets? No, I don't do clothes at the moment. <laughs> a lot of people would like me to get into clothes. Um, I've had people order bags from me and then ask if I make clothes. I currently don't do clothes. Uh, it's something that I would love to learn. And I think I believe in learning the skill myself first. Firstly, because I just love learning. And then... Also, because I, I don't want someone to, like, cheat me out. Like, if I know how long it takes to make a dress, you're not going to, like, take three days to make a dress that can take one day because I know. So that's always something that's in the back of my mind. Like, I think I'd like to know. So even when I have somebody else who makes for me, like, I have some understanding of how the product is, how it's made. Let me say that. So I don't do clothes, I don't do leather jackets, but hopefully soon I'll be making clothes. I might not start with leather jackets, though. I might start, you know, with like dresses and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think I think the element, and you and I have had this conversation, but it's something that I just want to keep planting in 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 the minds of the people that are watching and mainly the the youngsters that are starting businesses that the biggest thing is how do you make your business sustainable and you can't make your business sustainable by being the only person who runs the business because when you're not present then it means the business is not functional right 
And, and that conversation mm -hmm. around outsourcing and making sure that the business runs even when you're sitting on the side of the beach somewhere or you've decided to go visit Ukoko in the rurals that or whatever the nice. case is. <laughs> but you know that there's, there's a business that is running and you know that there's money that is still coming in. Because mm. if it's only reliant on you, then it becomes a huge problem. So, so you're um, saying yeah. you're seeing yourself in the next two to three months really making sure that you're outsourcing. But how is that yeah. going? What, what are the issues that you think you're facing at the moment? Uh, so in terms of that, it the one thing I realized is that they aren't, well, I haven't found, let me say that, a manufacturing factory that is kind of CMT for hand for handbags, which means that I can bring my own material, own hardware, and they just literally do labor. Um, a few of the CMTs that I've spoken to, they they want to provide everything, but from a cost perspective, then that ends up just being way too much. Um, so I think that's the one biggest thing. And the other thing is like not finding women factories. I haven't like spoken to like a lady who says I own a factory. Um, so that would be cool to find maybe like a woman-led factory for bag making. Um, and then it's just, I think, a capital side of things where what are their minimum quantities that they need to for us to start this journey and you know when it, some companies will tell you they want 50 but as a business like mine I'm not trying to at the moment have like 50 of the same thing because you know I'm not really sure who I'll sell that to at the moment in my it like yeah um so also it would be nice to maybe find a CMT that you can work on a per order basis with them so they charge you labor as whatever order you bring in. Um, yeah, so those are the things I'm kind of mm -hmm. looking at. But so far, I've just found that a lot of them don't charge just for labor. They want to charge for the whole bag as a whole. And then that becomes pricey, which means I'd have to lift my prices up even higher. And and if that has to happen, then I guess that has to happen. Um, then there's an aspect of people wanting genuine leather bags. So that's something I need to explore as well. Um, that's even pricier if you're going to look at someone who's going to be manufacturing that for you. But yeah, at some point, decisions will have to be made and we'll have to put things in place. Yeah. Um, but you speak about you speak about finding a manufacturing um CMT or a manufacturing um, space that is led by women. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm challenging you to be that woman who starts that manufacturing, <laughs> that manufacturing element. Because if, if you don't do it and you think there's a gap, um, why not then explore that, that route and see what happens? I guess I think yeah I'll have to look at getting funding which means I need to get my books in order this admin side needs to come along um well for us to go on that journey 
Um, but the admin side ends up slacking when you need to be manufacturing as well. So you're kind of thinking, let me make the bag that's going to bring in money instead of let me take care of the things that may bring me more money. Because if everything was in order with your admin, you can just apply for funding and hopefully if you get it, then you get even more money. So I don't know. It's just yeah, but catch you need to. Yeah, but I think the point you're raising is a big point, mainly with creatives. So there's an element of saying, I'm a creative, but you're still running a business. And if you want your business mm-hmm. to be sustainable, you want the creative part to work, but you also want the admin side, which is the business side of the business to work. And and mm-hmm. then the question becomes, if you think you're not good on the one, then make sure that you outsource that part that you're not good at so that that part actually runs for you to be able to then run a very sustainable business. Yeah, but I need to, you then look at costs, like, okay, finding a, you know, a lot of businesses will say we cater to small businesses, then their prices don't cater. So like you'll get accountants and bookkeepers who are like, oh, we, you know, we cater to small business. And then they're charging you like 4,000 rand and you're like, my bank account doesn't have 4,000 rand right now to pay you to do this function that I desperately need. Um, but I guess it could go back to the argument that maybe you offer to say, okay, I'll make you 10 bags for the whole year and you do my books for me. So like a bartering system of some kind, I don't know, I'm just um, thumb sucking a solution, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's always just like, okay, I know I need the service, but I don't have the money to get the service at this moment in time. So it's yeah. like the social media. Thing. I would love to have someone do my social media, but I don't have the money to pay a social media person every month. Um, maybe it's also just a mindset thing because... I don't know, you're just stuck in like a scarcity mentality where you're like, I don't have money, I don't have money, but like you could be getting orders every month that could make you cover that. So I think maybe a change of mindset is also something we need to work on. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad you've actually said that because that's exactly the point that I was going to make. That if you, mm-hmm. if you want to be a millionaire, you need to have a millionaire mindset. And, and there's a book... Um, by Rachel Rogers, that speaks to exactly that. That says mm-hmm. you need to find ways to outsource some of the elements so that you can focus on the business. But don't look at it from the perspective that I don't have money to pay this, I don't have money to pay that. Because if whatever business that you're bringing in, you are bringing more of that business, then you are able to pay the people that you're supposed to be paying. And that's the mm. mindset that you need as, as small business people need to have. Then the, the, the mindset that says, I need to do everything myself. Because if you need to do everything yourself, then you're not going to get anyway. So the millionaire mm. thinking says, or the millionaire mindset says, I'm going to focus on the business and other people are going to do the other. So you might not get everybody at the same time. but have the mindset that says I can be able to pay for this and I'm going to outsource it so that I focus on the things that are going to help my business to grow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I just I had that aha moment as I was speaking. So yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> so you've just coached yourself to a solution right now because you know coaching session all in one right yeah but yeah i i hear you um i think kumundu could probably if i had someone who does social media i would have more sales more engagement to pay them i see exactly. okay i see yeah I see. okay exactly but now you're getting stuck on you want to do everything and by the time because you are wanting to do everything, then you actually don't have time to do some of the things. And you are not an mm. expert on everything, you know? So mm. at some point, if you are focusing on, let me get a virtual assistant, let me get a social media person, let me get somebody who will help with my books, because your books, if your books are not perfect, you are then starving yourself the opportunities of getting that funding because if that the, your books were perfect, that funding you could have done a long time ago and you could be the person who's starting this manufacturing plant that you want. I hear you. But on a side note, my, my bookkeeper didn't ghost me. <laughs> I had someone who did four years for my business and then she ghosted me and I can't find her. So... I need to find somebody else. But then it means I'm going to start the journey again. And I think that's where I'm stuck. Like, now I need to find somebody else to start again on work that is done. Yeah, but if that's if it is what it is, the question becomes, do you then just stop and then block your progress <laughs> moving forward? Or you actually just put your mind to it and get a solution and move on? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 that's why we're having these conversations because sometimes we get so stuck in our own heads um and we actually limit we limit our progress because you are just stuck with your own thoughts and 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 the expansion process becomes very difficult. And it's easier for mm. me to say it because I'm from the outside. I also have my own baggage with my own business, but I go say it to my own coach so that they can help me get out of my own head. Um, you mm. guys know I'm always asking and bouncing off things and, and saying, what if I do this? Do you think it's okay? Do you think it's stupid? Like, you know, and you want, mm. you want a group of those advisory people or a mentor or a coach who's then going to take you out of your own head because then you get stuck mm. in there on simple things that you, you know you've got answers within yourself. But your mind tells you other things and you tell yourself all sorts of stories of it's not possible. Whereas you know it is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I really advise people to read that book. Um, and even Beautiful Rain here is saying a book by Rachel Rogers. Um, because it really makes a huge difference to have a millionaire mindset. You might not have a million right now. But if you want to grow, that's where you want to go. And you don't want to be stuck on just the small things that you're doing. Um, and, and for any businesses, you want your books to be in order. You want to be in order with stars because you don't want stars following you anyway at any point in time. 
So, so getting your books in order is, is something else. So that's one thing as a small business is that needs to be taken care of. Um, and and mm. the getting stuck part of it, we all get stuck, but we want to progress and we want to expand. And and I think if you want to meet that vision that you have, then it's it's you want to keep pushing yourself. So let's put you on the spot. So in the next six months, what is it that you want to achieve? You said outsourcing. Anything else? Uh, Get your books yeah. in order. So <laughs> <I said. laughs> okay, so outsourcing, um, finding a new book person, financial accountant, bookkeeper to do my books. Um, I think let's start with the two because I think those are very the two are very important uh, on like a immediate basis. Um, yeah, and I think in the next six months that that should work. Yeah, that should work. Something has just popped in my head, and um, and I'm going to speak about it because I know there could be people that are listening to us that would benefit. Yeah. So from the side, the one thing that has also held you back a bit is the fact that you're a perfectionist. Oh yeah. So talk to us. Okay, so I spoke to a guy um at one of the Yoko events that I went to, and he was like, but charge a premium for that fact. You should be charging a premium. You okay, you know you're a perfectionist, so it means it takes you longer than most people to make a bag. So then just charge people a premium and then tell them it takes this long because I take this many hours because I want to provide you with the best product that I can. Um, so I think that's how I'm going to combat the part. I'm not going to look at it as like a something that's holding me back, but it's something that I can like leverage um, okay. and kind of put a spin on it but I probably need a social media person or someone who understands branding and all these terms that we get thrown at as creatives that we must have a personal brand and what value do I bring so that could be something so I won't say I'm a perfectionist but like attention to detail is very important to me okay yeah. I don't so know I, but think- I hear you on that because I had those same thoughts that I think um the perfectionist part holds me back, but then it's not something I think I'll ever be able to kind of like release fully. Nowadays, I can look at a stitch that's a little skew and be like, oh, you're a little skew, but I'm not going to undo you now. Um, Yeah, so I'm taking like small steps like that, but I think in total, probably not going to let go because I do think it makes the products what they are. Yeah. No, no, no. And, and I get that. So, so I think for you, the biggest thing is the quality. Um, you, want, you want quality products. And, and, and I have to say your products, the quality of your products is, is on another level, which I think is amazing. But I think there's an element of the outsourcing part has stalled for you because you believed you were the only person who could do the things the way you want them done. And that's where the perfectionist (laughs) conversation I was taking to, because as most people, sometimes we hold ourselves back or we hold our businesses to grow 
because we end up wanting to do the things ourselves all the time. And, and that sometimes holds us back because it's like if you're a boss in a company, you will have a team, but the team might not do the work exactly the way you do the work. But then you need mm-hmm. to set a standard that says, what is the minimum standard that is acceptable and that you can then teach your people to work towards? So I think that's the element of perfectionism that I wanted to bring to the fore, to say you don't want to be the only person who can do the work. And, and then that holds you back from growing because everything must be done by you. Mm. Uh, true. Um, I think also that was just brought on by the fact that I had a lot of people disappoint me when I tried to go the outsourcing routes in other products and then I was left like in tears and I was just like I'm not doing this again but um, then I think okay maybe I should get someone in who will who I will teach to do the things the way I want them or or to be done Um, and then there's just a part that's just like I think I have trust issues where I'm just like, now I bring this person in, now they learn everything, now they go start their own business at their own house. <laughs> so then I guess for that, <laughs> then you have that element where you are just holding on to this business because this is your baby and you don't want to give your baby to other people. Um, what if they, you know, don't take care of your baby the way you will take care of it? Yeah, then you get stuck in that. Then you're just back to the point where you do nothing. Yeah, and doing nothing, I don't think doing doing nothing actually then holds you even back. And and think mm. about it. So so I always make an example of companies that, like the Unilevers of this world, the Unilevers of this world. Um, and as you know, I started working at Unilever. I was a graduate there. But they got to a point where they accepted the fact that they were the training ground of, of, of corporate. So you will come out of university, go work at Unilever, and they will teach you the bulk of everything within leadership and all these things. And they, were, they, were cut, they got to a point where they were comfortable that they were the great training ground of the people. But they knew that when those people leave, those people take the Unilever brand with them. And, and wherever mm-hmm. they go, they, they are the good product of what came out of Unilever. So, so you, want, you, don't also, you don't want to be a talent hoarder. It might feel like you feel like you're going to be wasting your time. But if you've taught somebody and at some point they decide that they want to go do their own business, you can't stop them from that. But if you can get the benefit of having extra hands for your business to grow, what is, the opportunity cost is on the other side of getting extra hands. Because what if mm-hmm. that person stays with you? You don't know that they will leave. You don't know <laughs> if you get a team, whether the team will leave. You are speculating. And that mm-hmm. also is a, is a hold from not moving forward. Yeah, true um yeah so I think you just you kind of go through those type of conversations in your head and you don't necessarily um you might not say it out loud to people but this is not the first time I say this part out loud and 
people said the same thing, like, that's a risk you must be willing to take. So now you're not going to employ anyone. So how are you going to grow your business if you're not going to have employees ever? Because, um, yes, you might get someone, then they run away with your idea and they go implement it. It's just a risk. And being in business is a risk in itself. So you must just see and take the risk. And whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. And you kind of keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this wasn't meant to be a coaching session, but anyway, it's become what? <laughs> Hopefully other people will benefit from it. Yeah, but I think I think the most important thing is is for us to have these conversations. And if there's one or two people that get assistance from them, for me, that's you know that's the exciting part for me. So what is it that you'd like somebody to take out of this conversation um today? Um, I think it's just try out your hobbies, um, try out new things. There's a lot of workshops that people are now holding, um, for different things, whether you want to learn about how to make a bag, a mug. I saw a, um, how to make a wing back chair, those big chairs that look like those ones from weddings the other day. And I was like, oh, I'd actually like to learn how to do that just for fun like I doubt I'll then make become a carpet of any kind um so try that out YouTube Pinterest and Google are your best friends if you want to learn something start there you are bound to find someone who will explain something in a way that you can understand uh yeah and your hands can make beautiful things if you just put them to the test and you have the patience for it because I know maybe some people won't have the patience but yeah, so try things out. Great. Um, and I think on that note, I'm also very big on, on trying things that you're, you're passionate about because you never know what that will take you. I think sometimes we get stuck on trying to find our purpose and it can be such an overwhelming conversation of trying to find your purpose. And, and for me, that becomes like, do we all have this one purpose that we need to figure out. And and oh, I think it can be quite overwhelming. But I think if you're trying out your passions, and I always say, if you can make um, a business or a career out of your passion, that for me is, it's a first step to being happy and really being in a career that is fulfilling. Um, and, and I think for me, those are the conversations that I like having that you might, you might not have it all figured out, but if you figure out some of the things that you're passionate about and then see if you can make a career or make a business out of it, what have you got to lose? I don't think there's much that you can lose, but it's all about having fun and still making money at the end of the day. If you're listening to us, please follow her on Ed Soul Designs and Accessories. Am I right? Is that your mm -hmm. handle? Yes, yes. Um, so join and follow yeah. her. And if if you've got a pattern that you want her to try, she also tries out new patterns. And if you buy that bag, the bag gets named after you. So there is like yeah. a Robin bag. There's like a Malusi bag. There's people have got. Oh, now I need a bag yes, with my name. I must actually. Make <laughs> 
So that's now the new thing where people are like, oh, actually, I think I want to um, have a bag named after me. I'm like, well, be the first to buy or order a bag. And yeah, we'll see. So now our toiletry bag is called the Nomadic Toiletry Bag. It was bought by um, the girl that owns at Nomadic creations so she bought this now it's called the nomadic toiletry bag and she was pretty chuffed about that so that makes me happy <laughs> so yeah so if you've got a, a if she's doing the pattern for the first time and you buy that that bag she will definitely name it after you so i must go find i must find my own pattern now and and, and <laughs> a bag name after me um I'm just grateful for the support from family, from friends, um, and just grateful for God. I, I think I've seen him move in my life a lot this year in ways that I could have never imagined. So yeah, it's been a good year so far. Thank you. Thank you. So for yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Um continue to follow her on soul um soul designs and accessories and get that um those amazing handmade bags and and yeah so thank you guys bye thank you bye thank you for listening to change conversations if you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast Please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Ngubedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.